I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. And I want to move to an organic vegan farm in Brazil. Why would you want to do that? Is that where, is that where Lenny Kravitz lives? <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the great Heather McCorkle, uh, my, my lovely better half, always says about... I know what you're alluding to. It's how great Lenny Kravitz looks for his age, right? No, I was thinking about how great his farm in Brazil looks. No, but it, it, it is because of how amazing he is aging. Yes. But as Heather McCorkle would say... Is he aging? He's not. That's, no, that's the problem. As Heather McCorkle would say, the, the key to this is to start out looking like Lenny Kravitz in that's the first true. place. Like You have to you <laughs> just start out time. looking like that, and then you can age like that. That's yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, no, we, we we did a little uh, it, ain't, it Ain't Over Till It's Over, because today's <laughs> oh, episode... That what that was? Yeah, it's a, this is a bit of a weird episode. We've been getting some very flattering... Yeah. I mean, I've been getting some very flattering, but a little bit of weird comments on some of our YouTube shorts, yeah. some of our YouTube videos about my playing in particular and and people saying could you speak on the growth that you've had since you started working at open studio which is a little bit like oh wait did i suck before or but i i the thing is is i'm actually not offended by this comment or question because i think it actually is true i have grown tremendously since i've started working here at open studio and started making videos started working with you peter and i thought we could talk a bit about that because this all happened any growth that's happened that is noticeable to people has all happened in my 40s wow which is kind of interesting before we get to that can i just show you something i don't know if you noticed i was a little distracted and now you're gonna understand why staring at me look look at that guy Jeez. Take a look inside Lenny Kravitz's Brazilian how old is farm. He? How old is that guy? <laughs> he's 73 in this no, picture. No. <laughs> but look at that. I want to be there. Oh I want to be gosh, him. That's amazing. Okay. Anyway, wow. sorry. Uh, what Even the reins about- <laughs> on the horse were fashionable. That's crazy. Look at this. Those are bespoke. That's Ralph Lauren <laughs> blue yeah, and matches. He's got to happen. Okay. But I digress. Please tell me this. He's tall been 30 years old <laughs> since 1993. It's amazing. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Um, what are we talking about? So we're talking about how, <laughs> how I, uh, grow, grown, how I've grown as a musician in my forties, yeah. which isn't the time period that you think of as like a period of a lot of growth. Well, let um, me but, take over here because I don't want you to feel like you have to toot your own horn too much. Let me set the, set the table. Well, we're going to be that, pulling me back a lot too. I think is, is you're in your mid forties now. I'm 45 we, years old. Well, we don't want to, okay. Well, you put it out <laughs> I don't mind. I'm, I feel, I, I'm so dude. you're halfway through your forties. Yes, that's right. right? So yeah, things yeah. could still go downhill. Don't Wait, get too cocky, they, buddy. They might be after this. We'll but see. I think I can speak on this because I've no, I mean, I've known you for longer than, you know, than since you're in your forties, but we've really been working closely together now that I'm thinking of it, certainly for the last five, six years. That's right. Uh, and, and even longer. But I, so I've seen the whole trajectory. And I think a lot of times it's it's hard for us to be objective about our own progress unless we look back like a decade or a generation or five years or something. It's very hard to look. And we talk about that struggle when you're practicing, when you're growing. But for others, sometimes you can see these bursts of progress, sort of accelerated growth easier, I think almost in others than in oneself on a, on a shorter level. Yeah. And I think the fact that you're saying, you know, the, the comments did we show the comments already, the beautiful comments, yeah, we could put those comments up here. Yeah. So it's not just us here too. And thank you everybody for all the, the lovely comments. It's, it's yeah. super nice to, to hear. And I like, you know, this is the thing with YouTube comments. If they're positive and flattering to us, they're all true and heartfelt. And when they're, if negative, they're negative, they're idiots. We all oh, know yeah. this, right? No, I get yeah. <laughs> There's two different kinds of comments. You have to accept them all. If you accept the good ones, you've also got to accept right. the ones where you're like, no, you sound terrible, buddy. Right. But I have, I have seen you do an admirable thing in specific ways with your playing uh, and with other aspects of, of your professional life where you've accelerated your progress into your forties. And I think it's, it's, it's an inspiring thing. A lot of people do this, but not everybody does. It's not automatic. You know, like these things, when we talk about 
oh, once you get to this age, you'll understand this. Yeah, you might understand because you've got experience and stuff, but are you going to be able to put that into practice? And are you even going to have, you know, sort of, are you going to accept and take on a kind of mindset that would put you in a position to possibly accelerate your growth? Because a lot of people think, oh, there's, in what are these phrases? Like the inevitable decline, yeah. you know, be it physically or mentally or spiritually or whatever. There's this idea a lot of times in society that's put on it. So like you have to reject all that or even things that, that you know, tropes that maybe we throw around where it's like, you can't learn something like you can when you're a kid. Well, why not? Yeah. Maybe we can learn some well, things better. I mean, you know? but there's even, even more subtle things, Peter. Like, so, I mean, we can start really at the beginning, you know, like, so you started playing when you were a really young kid and you had some really, uh, I, you could say you're fortunate, but it's all earned because privileged. you were, privileged. We like you were so, common word you were now. so talented at such a young age that well. you got to meet Wynton Marsalis when you were a mid teenager at 15 or something yeah. like that. And then you got hooked 14. up with peers like Christian McBride and Roy Hargrove from yeah. a very early age and moved to New York. And I mean, you're unstoppable force, but then I think there's a lot of people who are more like me. I was very good and got a lot of attention for playing when I was young and in high school. And I was gigging when I was 15 here in St. Louis and I was making money as a musician from an early age. Right. But I was never Peter Martin level. Uh, I, you know, I moved to New York. I played with some great people, but it was like, you know, I looked up to you. I looked up to Keezer. I looked up to Brad Meldow and like you all are all the guys that are fizzling out now. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> no. But no, all my heroes and like, you know, seeing you do it. And then that never quite, I never quite got to that level. Right. So this is like a level of, um, of like, it's, it's even more subtle than what you were talking about because it's like, okay, well now what do I do? Do I, mm. how do I continue? So I started to find my own way doing, you know, uh, played with the uh, lovely and, and talented Aaron Bodie for years, yeah. writing a lot of songs for her, doing a lot of arranging and things like that, uh, which was an incredible way to sort of find my own voice. Mm -hmm. But I never believed that I could be a great jazz, jazz pianist because, you know, I was at the new school and like, I was looking in a practice room one day and this guy was in there practicing and I was like, man, this is just like a kid at the new school. It was Robert Glasper, but like, mm. I didn't know it was Robert Glasper at the time. I just thought it was another student at the new school. And I was like, this is insane. Like right. I'll never be on that level. Right. And so how do you, how do you find your way? So I think that's like the first key to this is like, sometimes it's being like finding a way to hang out and stick around long enough. Mm. If you can hang out long enough, you'll find your own pathway. Your my pathway was not the same as yours. It was yep. not the same as Brad Meldow or Keezer's. And you know, my trajectory might never ever be the same of that. But if I can find a place where I'm comfortable with, I'm doing things that I love to do, mm. which I've always have been fortunate enough to find a way to make a living making music that I actually really love. And I think that comes out. And then the longer you can hang around with that, the more odds that you're going to figure some shit out and you're going to find your way yeah. and maybe have a little more success and maybe become, you know, grow into the player that you were kind of meant to be. And so my first, like my first response to this is Adam, can you talk about how you've grown for, you know, since you started at open studio? It's like, well, it started before that, because I think before that I figured out a way to hang out as a professional musician without the rocket ship trajectory of just being like solid, good musician who can, who can make a living. And this is, unfortunately, this is like a class of musician that used to be everywhere. It used to be the most musicians yes. were working class musicians, just making their way, right. you know, like Paul, I always think of Paul Simon's father, just a bass player in New York, just making, you know, playing in the, in the TV and radio orchestras, yeah. doing side work or whatever. That class of musician doesn't exist as much anymore. It's like, mm. we're all trying to be a, 
social media star. We're all doing this stuff. Yeah. And so like the working class musician is not there, but I think that is your sort of first tip is, can you figure out a way to stay in the music game long enough that maybe someday you'll, you'll have like the room to grow into who you were meant to be in the first place. Right. Um, cause that also happens where it's like, Oh, I'm not going to be Brad Meldow. I thought I was going to be Brad Meldow. It's not going to happen. I'm going to be Adam Manis, which is going to be something different. And I'm going to have to be Lenny Kravitz at the piano. piano I'm still working on Peter's, that. <laughs> when he's 60, he's going to be Lenny Kravitz. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then there is the fact that like, because I had some of those skills that we, I developed on my own with Aaron's band and, and orchestrating and arranging and things like that. And I met you and we hit it off and had a lot in common about shared music and, and you saw something in me that I could be of help and service in open studio. And I spent the first few years here at open studio, which brings me to my next point of just really transcribing everything you were doing (laughs) and, and being over your shoulder. And so getting a mentor, getting someone that you can, you can apprentice with, which is what I was doing, you know, six, seven years ago, by the way, at this point, I'm 38 years old, right? I'm fairly into my career, but I've just been doing kind of my own thing, playing guitar, accordion, piano. I still play jazz, but I'm not really considered considering myself a jazz pianist. It's not until I start shadowing you here at open studio, transcribing everything you're doing. Luckily I had a good ear. I can do all that. But I was like, Oh, I can see now a pathway to being a better jazz pianist. Right? Mm. Like, and then that kind of brings me to my next point. So staying in the game, finding a mentor, mm. number two. Number three is finding some focus and saying, I'm going to focus here on jazz piano. I'm actually going to like, instead of trying to be all things to all people, jack of all trades, which actually I think is still my biggest skill set is, mm. is a generalist. But I am going to spend some time focusing on being a better pianist, being a better jazz pianist, getting more steeped in this music that I love so much. Mm. And so it's like it's crazy to even think of myself now as a jazz pianist because I kind of let that all go in my 20s of like, I'm not a jazz pianist. I'm a musician. I play guitar. I play piano. I play accordion. I write songs. I love jazz. I can play it. But now I definitely consider myself more of a jazz pianist than I did then. And that's from shadowing you. That's from focusing on that. Um, and then like the, the last approach that I'll talk about, we can go deeper on these, however you want, Peter is, is just like, and this happens, I think to a lot of folks, musicians are not in your forties and that's personal growth. You see the other side of the hill, you realize you might have less time here than you've already had. You're not over the hill, but you, you're aware of the hill. You can see the top (laughs) of the hill. You're hill adjacent. (laughs) And you do start doing a lot of personal growth. For me, that was like, you know, I got sober, which is, uh, is mm. we haven't really talked about it here, but that's been a huge part of my personal growth. Yeah, I, I'm in therapy, which is a huge part of my personal growth, dealing with a lot of the things that I've just was pushing off. And that's made me a better musician, a better artist, because I'm a lot more honest. I'm a lot more able to deal with the things that I want to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then meditation and just working on that head game of being able to stay present in the moment has made me a way better performer. I think a lot of the, when people say Adam has gotten so much better since he started at open studio, a lot of the earlier things that I would be doing on camera, I was just super nervous. Mm. Right. Cause I did, I didn't want to play yeah, the wrong thing. I wasn't right. comfortable like making mistakes. Yeah. I mean, we still struggle with that. You'll never stop struggling with that, but I'm so much more confident and you like, can get to your stuff. Like the, the dude, barrier to entry is, is so much lower in terms of just your, I mean, I, I know this having experienced the same 100%. thing, you know, that's, that's such a big part of it. And that's, that's all like shout out to my meditation, Matt, and shout out to Deidre, my therapist for mm-hmm. like that, those, that kind of work, that kind of personal growth work. Yeah. 
super helpful for yeah. me. And the, and I think, but I, like I said, that's not just a musician. And that's, we don't talk about that enough. I mean, we do talk about it we, here, we but we want to, and part of it, I think we, we, we shy away because we're like, look, we're experts in this yeah. and we don't want to, but I mean, if you look at the percentage, uh, you know, that these things contribute to the kind of growth that people would comment on and say, like, wow, you know, like you take one thing of like, wow, you've gotten better. Wow. You, you, you look muscular Wow, you're, your your health is you know any kind of thing. There's always all these different elements that go into it. One hundred percent. So just because we don't talk about them all the time doesn't mean they aren't huge. One more thing that I think is key, and this is more of a practical thing, is that a lot of what I do here at Open Studio is try to interpret what a lot of our masters, you included, are playing, and explain that to our members. Right. Mm-hmm. That teaching something to other people is, I think, the most direct way to really understand that concept. So if you can start just teaching someone, you don't have to become a teacher, but if you can uh, teach someone something, that will get you to understand that concept, to be able to to play it better, to, to feel it better than anything else. My son's piano teacher, who's in a, who's a brilliant piano teacher for, for kids, by the way, just had him for his homework this week, teach my wife how to use the sustain pedal. Right. So your job is to teach your mom how to oh, use the sustain so pedal because he was having some problems with it. Right. And so like he had to show her how it works and where to use it and how to feather I'm sure it. Heather was like, hold up where well, I'm, I'm paying this guy to teach you how to do <laughs> yeah. that. Don't worry about but me. <laughs> I thought, Pat, that is so brilliant yeah, it is. to get him to teach her how to do it. Cause now he has to understand it deeper. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. You know, like some things that kind of, uh, jumped out at me when, and, and thank you for sharing your, your story on this is this idea of stacking habits. I think that mm-hmm. you were doing that in preparation and the way that you did that, I think was very much linked to something that you mentioned several times, which is making a living. I was always making a living. Totally. And I always think back to something my dad really instilled in me and he still talks about. It's like, how do we remain productive as musicians or, or whatever it is we're doing? We're musicians, right? Like finding different ways, Don't not getting caught up in, am I a jazz musician? Am I a folk writer, whatever. No, it's just like what opportunities come along. Don't like the, the people that end up within a position, you know, along with some, maybe some serendipitous, you know, entrances as well, but like with any hope of getting to a point where you're 40 and like, okay, maybe I'm in a situation where I can really kind of revisit this one part of my passion. And maybe I'm in the best position I've been in my whole life, even better than when I was 15 Mm -hmm. because of your particular circumstances and how you're let, I mean, we haven't even talked about like family and like all these things that, that affect who we are. Kids make your time management so much better. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, But I think that idea that you uh, always remain productive, like took what situations gave you, you know, and didn't say like, like you didn't, I didn't hear you anything focusing on, I didn't get the opportunity to do this. I did. It was like, well, I got this opportunity. And so I learned how to write for strings or I learned how to play accordion. Like you yeah. were open and, and you know, you looked at it as like a spectrum of different activities that you could contribute it with your yeah. musical talent set. Not like when we think narrow and this was actually, I, I think what's has stunted my growth at different times. Like it's, it's both been accelerated. Sometimes it's stunted. Sometimes when we think too narrowly about ourselves as in service to the music, really in service to the world with our music. So like, if we come to it from, a thing of like, I'm a jazz pianist, like a swing and tip and jazz pianist through 1967. That's all I'm interested in. That's what I'm going to do. Yes. Maybe you will find success because there is a market for that. Right. But is that the only thing that we have to contribute to the world? Well, you know, it depends on where you are in your soul with what you want to say. But I will say that your 
dedication to jazz piano at the highest level is it brings people around you to be around that. So there's nothing, there's not, that's not a bad thing. That's the focus that I'm talking about. Yeah. I didn't have that until I started hanging out with you. Well, that I appreciate that, but, and, but that might've also been somewhat coincidental or serendipitous that that happened because what you did have, you had been stacking up the habits up to that point well, in your musical life to be able to take advantage of by that. necessity and shout out to all my freelancers out there, <laughs> all the freelance musicians. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I remember when I was in college seeing uh, Dave Chappelle on the inside the actor studio show. Remember that show? Yeah. Oh, With yeah, uh, James great. Lipton and oh, he would get everybody to cry every and, time. <laughs> exactly. And Chappelle is, he's smoking a cigarette on TV still. And he's talking about how, when he was starting off in stand up, he told his dad, listen, you're a teacher. Because his dad was like, don't go in and stand up. It's too risky. There's not yeah. guaranteed that you're going to think. He's like, listen, if I can make what you make as a teacher, as a stand up, I'm cool. I don't have to be rich and famous. Like if I could just do this, but make what you're making, right. but I get to do stand up comedy. Yes. And I took that to heart when I was in my early twenties of like, if I could just make what a teacher makes and play music for a living, yeah. that's like the dream. It's golden. Right? Exactly. Totally. Like, like, I don't care. I don't need anything else. Now, some years it was like a substitute teacher <laughs> in a very <laughs> right. small district. That's and right. really, it's really a, a, a grind. And some years it's a great, you're in a, you're yep. in a big suburban district. Or right. Whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think learning how to grind like Shout that is part of it. And then I, I want to touch on a, go back to a couple of things here. So one of the things about finding a mentor, it's not just like being over Peter's shoulder and, and figuring out what you're playing over what chords or whatever, but it's like your level and being around people who are better than you and at a, at a high, the highest level of musicianship and play the big gigs, which I'm so, this is what open studio has actually, everybody who comes to work for open studio gets better as a musician, as a, as a, as a player, as a person, because you're around people like you, people like Jeffrey Keezer, people like Christian McBride, people like Ron Carter, people like Diane Reeves who expect the quality of things to be at a very, very high level. And I'll never forget one of the first projects I did for you, Peter, was transcribing the great Peter Sprague's course on mm. guitar. Right. And I never really notated a lot of guitar and I had to do some tablature things. And it just wasn't that, I wasn't as accurate as it should have been. I didn't take the time to really comb through every transcription, every note of tablature and make sure that the zeros were on the zeros and everything. And Peter called me and he he didn't chew me out, but he was like, this isn't acceptable. Right. And you know, Peter's an amazing guitarist played with Chick Corea. He's like, this isn't good. I mean, right. This needs to be better. He probably said in the nicest he way He was super ever. sweet, yeah. actually. He was a, he's a sweetheart of a guy. And he's an amazing monster of musician. Yeah. But he was like, this isn't, this isn't going to fly. Right. Because he cared. Because he cared. And no one that I'd really worked with up until that point, it was like, oh yeah, good enough. We're right. playing jazz, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or whatever. We're, we're doing whatever. We can fix it. But he really had a high level. And I mean, again, I was 38 years old when I learned that lesson. Right. And I never, I'll never forget that. I, I immediately started upping all of my attention to details, being around you immediately. You know, can we have nice things? Right. You know, like that, that, those things, they, they, and you've probably don't even realize that you've had this being around Wynton Marsalis, being around Roy Hargrove, being around all these incredible yeah. people who are so, Diane Reeves, so attuned to the details of things. Yeah. But if you're not around people like that, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Try to find people who are doing things at a high level and just try to be around them. You know, I'm not sitting here playing with you when I start working here. I'm like working for you, trying to make what we're doing here better. But like that is worth, you know, every transcription every hour spent working here was being around that getting that level up yeah of of quality for myself right and now i expect things of certain people that i never would have expected before you well know? it's the exciting thing you you and, and i think that you really hit on something there in terms of leveling up people say but 
I think what you, the activities that you had, your productivity, your make a living, stay in the game, you know, um, be available, be flexible, be, um, try things, you know, um, like you had done some really interesting things before that point, you know, most notable that I had seen was your writing and creation of, of your, of your group, not only your trio, which I think was a little bit later, but the 442s. And that was something that was super and continues to be super interesting to me and seeing your growth with that. And that's not a jazz group per se, but it's, it's something in a lot of ways in terms of like putting yourself into a position where you can level up in some very specific areas of that, if you get that time and the season, there's seasonality to all these That's things right. too, right? Sometimes, yeah, 100%. sometimes we're in you're like growing. Yeah. Sometimes you're just kind but of, but a lot of people hanging. miss those seasons because they're not open to that. So like That's when right. you talk about leveling up, like there's levels to every game, right? And, and most people, by the time they get to their forties are pretty much accepting that whatever level they're at in the game they're playing, the is it. You yep. know what I mean? And they're like, well, this is good enough or this is this is the top level for me. They might see some other things, but how do you get somebody like a LeBron James who's about to turn 40? Yeah, right? which is crazy. It's still out there like, like he's hit all the levels, right? Yeah. But because he's got that mentality of like, hold up, there's levels to this game. Now, maybe teaching his kids and different things, like having seen them but, come up, keep, keeps his mindset. But like, he's somebody that I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't, obviously there's physical limitations to the body at certain points, but like he's got that kind of glimmer in his eye that you've got. Well, and this is, again, you know, this is all credit to you and Open Studio. And this could be another lesson, I think, for people listening who might be wondering like, well, what can I do? I want to start leveling up in my 40s, my 30s, or when it doesn't actually matter, like the decade or whatever. But it is Don't wait till your 40s. Yeah, (laughs) you can. But if you start a project... Like we, like we have with open studio, which is like open studio is not just, you know, us it is us connecting with community. But for me, it's like a personal growth machine. Like it's like, I get to push myself and see what I can do. And it seems limitless what we can grow with this. And I think if you can find a project like that, start a project where it's like, we're starting from basically nothing and let's, let's see what we can do with this. And that's all your vision, dude. That's all your no, 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 mentality. All. It's, it's not a lot me. of that is no. like your push for this. And you, you know, again, are, are seem ageless in that, like, there's always another level to get up on. Well, and I think what you did in this situation was like you, and I don't know how conscious this was. I'm sure it became conscious at a certain point or in how intentional it was, but you did it which is you found a way, I think maybe because, you know, you have young, you had younger kids, you still have young kids, but they were much younger than, you know, family time pressures that anyone who's a, who's a, a parent and a husband or wife or whatever in a relationship feels. And then, but you still had things that you wanted to do. So when this open studio thing came along and you are as much as me or anybody in terms of creating what it's become now, you mm-hmm. know what? Yeah, I had a certain vision, but the smartest thing I did was get out of the way and be like, let's let some other visions in here. Let's see where we can go. But you, you were accepting, uh, you were receptive to the concept that you could grow as a player, as a very specific like jazz player. At the same time, you taught that, right? Like you, well, they go hand in hand. That they go hand in hand. Like so, it's like you could be of service by sharing to a certain degree your journey. I mean, you are way ahead of most of our students, so you were able to like. And you, you like if they had a question, like, how do you do that? You didn't have to be like, I don't know. I haven't learned it yet. You knew it, but you also kept in mind that like, that wasn't good enough. Well, this like, is like you were looking further and you shared that experience. So it became an inspirational and instructive thing for the community that they wanted to be part of. Buddy, this is what's so great about the master apprentice relationship yeah. is if you have that, if I have a you, then I'm, I'm never going to be 
like I have something to look forward to as far as like I something to aspire to. Right. So it really humbles you to the project. Right. Cause you're like, well, I'm not quite like, I'm just here for the music. I'm here to like see what Peter's doing and find my place within that. That is a, is a, and this is why people like you see, uh, John Batiste still has a piano teacher, even right. though he's like multi Grammy award winning, like right. having that relationship is important to this. There's another part of the personal growth thing that I just want to touch on really quick. And that's like one of the things that you discover when you sort of uncover some things is like, you know, outcomes become way less important than process. Mm. And so one of the things that I think has practically been a game changer just for my piano skills has been realizing like, there's no finish line to it. There's no mm. moment where I'm going to be a great pianist, but there is uh, something that I can do, which is to include what I want to do every day in my daily routine. And so daily practice has become a, and that's daily practice, by the way, of anything that yes. I want to, that I want to be doing. That's writing. Right. That's, piano playing, yeah. that's dadding, that's meditation. That's all the things that's working out. That's all the things that I enjoy doing. Stacking habits, stacking, stacking habits. habits. It's in my forties. I figured out like, there's not, I don't need to set a goal of a result so much as set a goal of spending my time doing these things every day. Oh, so when great. I do that, the results fly in, yeah. you know? So that's just one thing. So just to sum up here, uh, Adam 45. <laughs> great. <laughs> no, 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 no. Any growth You'll that I've it. had is due to a mentorship relationship. It's due to, to a lot of focus, Very small part of it. finding some focus. It's due to a lot of personal growth and yep. working on, you know, un, like the rigidity of, of uncovering some things that were kind of, uh, pulling me down. And that's finding daily practice, letting go of results, more focusing, more on process. Those are the things that, and then stay in the game. If you can find stay a way to stay game, in the game, yeah. that's, that's, you'll the, find your time is essentially exactly. what, it, what it is. And I would, I would just add also that, you know, understanding that there's levels to, to the game, to the game and that your ascendancy in those levels is not limited or diminished by age. It can actually due to seasonality and paying attention to which way the wind it can accelerate at different times. So if you got your ear to the ground, your ear to yourself, and you're able to find those times to take advantage of them, you can actually have an advantage over when you're younger, where you're, where you're a little bit more thrown by the wind. When you can line yourself up with that wind as you get a little bit older, right. exciting things can happen. And, and I would just direct you. That says it all right there. I, mean, right? I think he understands I, the seasons. How, you know can what I'm I, uh, <laughs> how can I shift my daily processes so that it, that's the result? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when you put your ear to the ground, Peter, you know what happens. You'll hear it. 